Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti Ecruel Dubai. Straight off the bat, we have to go to Ascot. Diego de Charmille taking out stablemate Cape Land, holding on to the race uh, yesterday afternoon. Should he, shouldn't he? Did he jump enough of the fence? Dave, what did you make of it? I thought at the time that he had jumped enough of the fence because he jumped the highest bit. Um, now, obviously, there was a fair amount of hilarity in the press room about this, that it was, a you know, the stewards would file it in the too difficult category. And I have a lot of sympathy with the officials because I think there are two things to consider did the horses jump enough of the final fence and also the interference caused by Diego de Charmille uh, to Cape Land of course the, those two horses are both trained by Paul Nichols so you didn't have the the connections of Cape Land being mm. you know trained by Martin Pipe or someone going up to the stewards box and threatening uh, <laughs> legal action so uh, it was a very, very difficult one. I think that the way to deal with this in the future, as they do in Ireland, is to put, certainly with regards to the jumping offence, is just to put flags at to the extreme yeah. of each obstacle. And if you're inside that flag, like in Ireland, and like skiers, if you're inside it with both feet, then you're fine. And if you're not, then across country, you're not. Yeah, good point. John, as an owner, if you'd have lost that race, would you have been fuming? I'd be fuming, yeah. Oh, but the one good thing about being an owner with Nigel is he will have been up there screaming at that, <laughs> <laughs> waving his fist at the face. And Hatch, as a jockey, you'd have, you'd have been pleading that you'd, you'd done enough within the rules? Uh, what, on the winner? Yeah. Yeah, I think he's, look, he's, he's come over the fence. So, albeit not the right part, but he's come <laughs> over part of the fence. So. Uh, and I actually thought, I thought he would have won the race anyway, personally. I just think he found enough, he idled enough. I think he would have won. Did you take that view? I, I agree with you there, yeah. Um, yeah, my opinion would be the same. We kept it, set a precedence, and I saw Lucky tweeted actually uh, the fact that um, uh, talking about our interference rules, etc., etc. If you're ever wondering if they're the best in the world, then just watch that uh, replay. So that's food for thought. Uh, next up, Low Sun. Well, 20, 30 years ago, I'm sure they had Low Sun, but I suppose with safety and, and all of that in mind, it's a, it's a different game these days is it Wayne? Yeah there's two two men in it, isn't it health and safety that's yeah. the way the world's <laughs> gone now but yeah, look um, listen, it is what it is and obviously you know the easiest way to explain it is uh, to you know you're sort of driving down the road with the sun glaring in your eyes mm. and uh, you're needing a sun visor down but uh, the other element of that as well is is it can create a false ground line um, with a shadow in front of a hurdle or a fence um, the year Annie Power fell at the last at Cheltenham I actually fell at the same hurdle I was in fifth on Lunique mm -hmm. and, um, and, and that was because of a false ground line the sun right. wasn't actually in your eyes going to the hurdle but it created a false ground line where both horses took off early and clipped the top of the hurdle so almost a shadow yeah yeah interesting John is it is the timing of it should we have a bit more ability to ad lib and well, jostle with the it's card it's a low sun issue it's a scheduling issue on foot the sun was here before we came along with racing it's not going to change now, you know. We know the time of year. It's a long street. I was there at Ainsley. I think that's what we're talking about, the old road. It's surely it's a scheduling issue. So you think ch Chase is early on the card? Well, they, whatever, they... look at the weather. Look what it's going to do. Why? I know there's an obsession with the betting and whatever, but we can move things. We can actually look on the day and go, we're going to move the old road to an hour before or an hour, you know, half an hour later. But, I know it's difficult, and I know we've got, obviously, these things to take into account, but I think it is a scheduling issue and not a low sum issue. Well, the race after the old run, they were able to jump the obstacles again, weren't they? Because so, we were, didn't we? Yeah. So, so, so movable feast, Dave, yeah. think on our feet. I mean, look, when, when 
we can now look at weather forecasts. They might not be totally accurate, but mm. we can look at them for the next day. If we go on holiday or the next day, if you think of going out on the bike, you know pretty... A computer forecast will tell you what is going to happen and when. And so I think that John's right that there is scope to look at that in detail. You know, we're only just getting around to not uh, to dovetailing races between sure. Britain yeah. and Ireland, for goodness sake. So there's plenty of room for improvement. Um, I do think, and I know we've run over time, I do think there is a, a, a little bit of a, uh, a, a tendency to look at this a bit flippantly because were I a jockey on a horse, you know, Wayne said, like, you'd drive along the motorway at 90 mile out, no, so, sorry, 70 miles out, <laughs> in a car with the sun <laughs> in your eyes. It, it's, a, it's a frightening experience. Goodness knows what it's like to sit on a thoroughbred that... You can't see, they can't see. Uh, yeah. Not for me, thank you. Okay, over time, uh, £10 in the swear box, uh, <laughs> a yellow card for Yes. Syndicate's up next, of course, Ken Boy. Uh, that's the reason we're talking about this the, the, the running um, and the monitoring, uh, perhaps, of of those, uh, Dave. Uh, work to be done? Uh, yes, almost certainly. It's a very difficult one. This, obviously, uh, Supreme Racing, who owned Ken Boy, that horse wasn't able to run at Down Royal uh, because of irregularities. I think Willie Mullins said this week that, that that syndicate is largely run by one person. It's probably too big a job for one person. It's very difficult because uh, watching the Breeders' Cup last night, I'm always extremely envious of journalists in America go and live there then comes yeah. the call from the cheap seats <laughs> and, but uh, the fact that they're interviewing owners so a lot of whom are sort of good old boys americans made goods they're not oil shakes or members of mm. coolmore who are inaccessible to us and syndicates are one way in this country whereby quote unquote ordinary people can hit the big time so they're a, they're a brilliant thing obviously that they do tend to hit the headlines in a in a negative way because that's just how news yeah. works um but yes it, it's probably uh it's probably right that that well it's, it's certainly right they should be looked at john i'd i'd really like to see syndicates over on this side of the ioc f flourish and i think you know all the whether it's the, the elite racing um, onto winner owners group. There's there's so many, and I'm sure they cater for all levels. Whether it's a group of ten to twenty to to ten thousand or whatever, there, there is something for everyone's pocket. But I would like to see more syndicates with just twenty, ten, twenty, thirty pals getting together or people from a village well, getting well, together. I think it's vital because if you look, I'm not having a go at these people who've been around for a long time. But we're going to rely on Gigginstown. They're going. Yeah. If we're going to rely on all these owners who've been around, if you want to call them the establishments who don't necessarily like syndicates, well, I'm afraid racing won't survive. It's going to need to move on, and it needs syndicates, because if the average person, OK, I know if it's 200 quid a month, whatever it is, to have mm -hmm. a share in the horse, if they don't have access to national hunt racing, then I think, it, I think it's in trouble. Um, let's move on to Marmelo, um, who's not going to be allowed to run in the Melbourne Cup, of course. A, a bit like fleeting stateside in the Breeders' Cup. The decision taken, Dave, out of the owners and the trainers' hands. Should that be left to those jurisdictions? As Aidan O'Brien, I think, has said, we have to abide by their rules, quote-unquote. Or do the people who know the horse best be allowed to have the casting vote. I, I think there's a, an argument both ways because obviously you know it, it's it's right that welfare of horse and jockey is absolutely paramount and that that's never been more than uh, it is today however I do think that there is a, definitely a valid argument for connections of horses to say well look mate this horse's welfare and the welfare of the person on top 
is absolutely paramount to sure. us. We're not taking any risks. We're not going to fly a horse around the world to take risks. But I know this horse very well, and he's had that issue that you've uh, that you've okay. highlighted for a long time. He's run to his optimum with it, mm. and it doesn't worry us. I do think there's scope for that. How, how many sportsmen, footballers, horses, sports women, tennis players, etc., athletes? How many of them go out uh, to compete and say, Constantly. "Well, I've got, I've got something yeah, down here, but I'm going to have a party." John, John, if you'd gone. You, you'd quarantined that horse, you've paid for the travel expenses, you've gone down under, you'd be absolutely livid. Oh, you'd be, I mean, you would. Uh, and apart from not just the money, though, is it? It's the expectation you've gone there with, the dream. You know, these people have probably been planning it for a year or whatever they've been doing. And then to go there, and I say, we train it to sent the horse there for a race like that. He hasn't sent it because it's not ready. And do you think, is it fear of what could go wrong? Is it the kind of... the the, the media backlash, if you it's like, the blame that's, culture, isn't it? yeah, is that is that the, the problem? I, well, that's partly the reason, and also the fact that they want to set higher welfare standards than ever before. We completely sure. understand that, but as I say, in, in in all instances, there will be there must be scope for input, whether it's decisive or not, for people who know, in this case, the horse, and say, right, let's talk about this because sure. I promise you, this is not a this is not a serious issue. Friday night, the Vertum uh, Futurity was run under the lights at Newcastle. Three decades on from its inception, the all-weather with a Group 1 race and a classic trial as well. How far the all-weather has come in those three decades. Uh, Dave, a, a good thing, a sign of the times, or, or just a, a kind of needs-must in the circumstances? What, what a fantastic way of celebrating the 30th anniversary of all-weather mm. racing, to have a Group 1 race, the first Group 1 race, uh, staged on an artificial surface. It started as a dirty word uh, that attracted poor horses. Obviously, there was the the ill-starred uh, all-weather hurdling as well. Mm. And but it has developed into a fantastic part of British racing, where the surface is consistent. There's no overwatering. You can rely on the surface. It's a safe surface. It's uh, attracted horses like Ganati, like Enable. Mm. It, it's it's an absolute triumph, and I'm delighted that it was restaged. And I thought it was a, a great result. I, I'm sorry, but I've got only positive things okay. to say. Okay, I, I it took me a few years to get my head around the Northumberland play not being run on on yeah. turf. So I, there is an element of resistance to change, or just what you're used to, perhaps, born into my reaction. I I did find it odd seeing people who've probably gone to see the fireworks on a Friday night at a racetrack and a few hundred of them watching a Group 1 with potential classic contenders. I, I did find yeah, it Yeah, but I think odd. what would have been worse if they'd have lost the race, you know? You know I mean, sure. they, they have sure. to, I think it was a victim of circumstance again, but if you lose the race, then that's a travesty, isn't it? Again, these people at Wayne will know they've had the horse laid out for it, the train sure. has been getting sure. ready for four or five months, no aimed at that race. Yeah. To actually not have the race would have been a far bigger crime. No, than yeah, it club. needs must, absolutely <laughs> needs must. I agree, that probably says more about me having you to were get used, used to it yeah, yeah, than, than anything else. So, you know, a pantheon of Group 3s on, uh, on the all-weather at Kempton as well, perhaps it is a sign of the times. Uh, we had um, Richard Phillips uh, with a guest column in the Racing Post last week, and he was uh, highlighting and putting forward the notion of a national racehorse day, being supported by many, including Oliver Sherwood uh, since Wayne to kind of 
you know, get on the front foot for horse racing, shine a light on all the good stuff. You know, you're in a yeah. yard every other day. You love and have worked with horses since you were a, a kid. Let's get that message out. Exactly, and, and sort of show what the industry does and what we do to care, you know, for the horses and well, how well they're looked after and, um, you know, how, how everybody, you know, is in the sport because they love horses. Yeah, first and foremost. How do we go about this then, Dave? Uh, well, we start with a blank canvas. It's so, certainly something that the whole industry, and this is one thing, how often do we say this? It's something that every constituent part of mm. the industry can work together with. Well, that's never happened before. No. Owners, trainers, jockeys, media. We, we're, we can all push in the same direction with this. Uh, there are national days for absolutely everything. You've <laughs> Every form of human activity <laughs> you can imagine. Day, and, <laughs> and some that you hadn't imagined. Silver, silver hair day. Yeah. Silver hair day, thank you very much. <laughs> no <hair>. <laughs> and, and so why not? Why not celebrate? They say that it, it's, it's, it's too often the case these days, and I've said this a million times on Racing TV, and I'm sorry to say so again, that we as a community are on the back foot defending ourselves. We should be on the front foot celebrating what we do. There's not one person of the four of us who thinks that we're working in industry of which we have any doubts. And, and it could work in various ways. One would be, you know, like at Lambourne, Newmarket, Open Day, perhaps on that day. The other thing is, it's an and finally on the news at 10, isn't yeah. it? And suddenly it's National Racehorse Day and you get a clip on the news at 10 with someone going to a yard saying... Look at this. I think we're incredibly good at getting press releases for negative stuff, yeah. and it goes out there straight away. When the BHA is guilty of it, you know. We need to be positive when there's something good out there. Let's when, get it out there. when they had the national weights at the VNA, and obviously the sound thing didn't work, yeah. we all yeah, yeah. part that for one moment. But rule the world, rule the world, not ruler of rule the world. The national winner was standing on the steps of the VNA in Kensington in a blaze of. of Flash guns, wasn't yeah. he? And that was a, you know, that was yeah. a brilliant yeah. uh, media thing. This this grand national winner standing on the steps of an iconic, uh, yeah. an iconic venue in London. There, there must be scope to develop that. Yeah, and the BHA and Great British Racing are pushing those ideas uh, forward as uh, they have done uh, with riding the, the dream, the film we're going to talk about later in the show. Finally, Jeremy Irons. Yes, he's going to play Cecil. Sir Henry Cecil in a film about uh, Frankel and the late great trainer as well. I tell you what, you could have. It could have been an intriguing list of possibilities for that day. Very interesting this because again, this this follows on very nicely from the National Racehorse Day. Again, th there is going to be a film about one of our most celebrated and loved personalities within racing, and the person who's playing him is Jeremy Irons, an Oscar winner, and Jeremy Irons is actually involved in the production of the film as well. This isn't a sport where we need to think, oh, well, you know, let's not talk about horse racing. It's a, it's a sport that we should celebrate. It's a sport that's, that lots of people are indifferent to. There are There is a, a relatively small but extremely vocal minority, largely on social mm -hmm. media, who oppose it, but it's a sport that is cherished and loved by an awful lot of people. That is reflecting that. I know one of the interviews you did with uh, Sir Henry, and I believe that uh, Ewan McGregor has been uh, <laughs> has been lined up for your role. Alex. So that's, I going to play Tom Queen. I want to know who's going to play Tom Queen. They, they tell me when I had hair, it might have been David Tennant, <laughs> but, but that was long, long ago. Who would who would play you in Wayne Hutch the film? Um. God knows. Who could know. it be? No, Jason, Jason Statham. Jason Statham, <laughs> yes. Beautiful. Beautiful. John, who's the silver fox for you? Martin Freeman would play me, wouldn't he? Because he's funny. Interesting and all that. But interestingly about this, we're, uh, we've been working 
on a movie for a few years based around the national, and hopefully we'll get that off that ground in the next eighteen months or so. But anything that's in the general public about racing yeah. like that and a story like that is fantastic for us because we've got to cross those boundaries and get it out there. Excellent stuff. That's this week's uh, talking points. I can't let John go without you telling me one or two. How many times have you have you left? your home in Spain with Doreen not knowing and having any idea where you're going I think these things get exaggerated <laughs> I went out for a pint of milk once and people don't seem to want to forget it <laughs> yeah I went missing once it was me um, it was me and Law's 50th wedding anniversary whatever it was and I sort of left the party and shot over to flew to Sandown and I told I'd just nipped the shops but you know as you do, it's all been forgotten those about. Al. It was all forgotten out, about. Out the... It was all forgotten about until you just brought it up again. <laughs> sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Doreen. That's this week's talking points. Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti Equuel Dubai.